This episode of the Flush Podcast is brought to you by Waltons, Aluma Trailers, Nutrisource, Pet Foods, and by Onyx Hunt. My guest today is Ryan Newmarker and his son, Jace. I met Ryan and Jace last year at Pheasant Fest, and I was blown away by the hunting achievements the two of them have accomplished, chasing birds up in the mountains. I was impressed mainly because Jace was only eight years old when I met him. Well, the Newmarkers found a way to take their hunting game to new heights this season. You're about to find out how they did it, where, when, all of the details, and you too might just be blown away. The Onyx Hunt app is one of the most valuable hunting tools that I take into the field every day, and now that app is available in our vehicles. Yep, Onyx did it. They launched Apple CarPlay. That means when you plug your phone into your vehicle, you now have the option to open up the Onyx app right on the dash of your hunting rig. No more holding your phone while driving, which is obviously dangerous, and you get all of the same layers on your vehicle dash that you get on your phone. You can see the aerial view of your location while driving down the road, just like you'd see if you're using your own maps, apps, ways, or Google Maps, except now you can find out if the properties around you are open to the public, the landowner's name that owns the land, and if you're in North Dakota, you can see if that land is posted without even touching your phone. To use this feature, simply make sure your Onyx app is up to date, and if you're not an iPhone user, don't worry. Onyx is currently working on the same platform for Android phones, too. Apple CarPlay, the latest incredible feature from Onyx Hunt. Always know where you stand and now where you drive with Onyx Hunt. Welcome to another episode of the Flush Podcast. I'm Travis Frank. I am your host today and pretty much every time we turn the microphones on. Brandon Morton is our producer. You're the producer pretty much every pretty time much. we do this. Is you getting sick of it yet? No, not at all. Oh, I like doing this Thanks, one. man. Yeah. Well, we're grateful that you all have chosen to listen to us today. We know you have a lot of options out there. And the fact that you're here with us again, it means a lot to us. We'll do our best to entertain and educate a little bit and have some fun. Before we get started today, though... I want to share with you some of the details of our upcoming live show at Pheasant Fest. We've been talking about it the last couple of weeks, and we finally have everything. Uh, uh, the details. The Brent. details. The details. Out, yes. I'm not a details person, so. <laughs> but I have the details for you. We are going to have a live show similar to last year at Pheasant Fest. It will be on Friday night at 6 p.m. The location is called The Local. And if you're not a local, you probably don't know what that means. But the local is a bar slash restaurant in downtown. The whole Pheasant Fest uh, event is taking place at the Minneapolis Convention Center. And the local is right next to that. Uh, again, 6 p.m. Uh, it's, it's, it's a little up the street. It's it? a little up the street from the convention. So I'm told, that, far, yeah. I'm, I'm told that the Hilton is like the main hotel hosting out-of-town Yeah, so guests. the Hilton's located off of like 9th and Marquette, and then the locals uh, one block away off of 9th and Nicollet, oh. and then the convention center is just a couple blocks south. So just you're talking a just a couple south. blocks to get from one place to the next? Yes, the next. exactly. Okay. And it, they're all straight shots from each other. Okay. I, I The way I understand it, we have a room reserved at this uh, establishment. It sounds like we can hold maybe 100 people, so it's going to be uh, a really fun time because... 
We're going to do a game show that night that I'm putting together, and I shared one of them with you, and I'm excited about this. He's been so giddy ever since I walked in. He's so excited to share the first question, and I'll be honest, I'm looking forward to it. Like He convinced me that this is going to be a really fun show. Yeah. The first question's great. Yo, uh, that was I. I didn't give you the first one. It was a I moved sample. out a little. I a made sample. it an easy okay. one. And there's going to be a panel. Uh, let's see. Right now, confirmed. I we have Scott Franz, and he's going to be uh, one of the contestants, co-hosts of the Flush TV show. Ron Bame from the Hunting Dog Podcast will be a contestant. And then I have two more contestants that I'm adding today. I think I have confirmation from one of them. It's all coming together. The details. But either way, here's how it's going to work. There's going to be a game show that we're going to play. Upland. Bird hunting, dogs, guns, you you know, it, the, our world, uh, it's going to be all about upland stuff. Um, if the contestants can't answer the questions, the guests in the audience will have the opportunity to do that. When you answer them, you will have prizes that you will be able to take with you from the stage. Mainly, it's going to be a lot of fun, but we will crown a champ. We will crown a champion on Friday night. I'm... Are you going to make a crown for the champion? <laughs> no, I don't know. Maybe, maybe just this giant pheasant trophy. A big, coming out of it and everything. Yeah, a golden pheasant <laughs> trophy. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure something out. But anyway, um, I think this is something I should have. Dang it, see the details. I'm terrible at this. I don't know if we need to reserve a spot or a table. I don't know how it works. It's Do you? best just to get there with enough time. Uh, the show starts at 7, right? 6. 6. Sorry, my bad. show yep. starts at 6. Yep. Uh, make sure to just get there early. Try 5.30, 5.15, 5.45, just so you get close enough to the stage. You know, just yep. you can part, watch the, the game show happen. Yeah. And there is also parking right there, too. I'm very familiar with that area. So okay. if you are not staying in downtown, there's parking right off of 9th Street. And when you're in downtown, streets go one way. So if it's an odd street, it goes from east to west. If it's an even street, it goes from west to east. 9th Street goes from east this to west. This is why I go out into the fields, <laughs> <laughs> I get so, so lost downtown. So between Marquette and Nicolet, there's a parking garage there. It's super cheap. It's super convenient. Just, Maybe you can a give me a ride down there. Can you be my, my chauffeur? All right. Absolutely. All right. Well, anyway, a uh, lot of fun is coming up at Pheasant Fest. Uh, we'll have a booth there as well, just like other, other years. So we're excited to chat hunting with all of you. <clears throat> we will have some flush hats and shirts and clothing available um, and our booth. Uh, so stop on over and check that out. I'm going to be um, walking down the bird dog parade with Daisy. We've been uh, asked to be the grand marshal of the kickoff of the exciting. event. Exciting. Very exciting. Yeah, totally. It's cool. Yep, very cool. And then I'm also going to be giving a couple of seminars on the public lands pavilion stage Friday and Saturday. And I think that's a good segue into today's show because <clears throat> I have been asked once again to speak about raising a family in the outdoors, something that's very near and dear to my heart. Something that our guest today can definitely dive into because Ryan and his son Jace, Ryan Newmarker and Jace Newmarker are joining us today and they can speak to what it's like to be a father out there taking a son hunting. And Jace, you can speak to what it's like to be that young man out there in the field, up on the mountains. I met Ryan and Jace last year at the live show that we ha we hosted in Omaha at Pheasant Fest, they came to the show, blew us all away because Jace is is the hunter that most hunters wish 
they could be. And he's eight years old. He was eight years old last time. Brandon, you met him. Yeah, I met him. I was blown away. As, as somebody that's tried hunting only a couple of times, the fact that he's done what he's done, yeah. and he's a fourth of my age, <laughs> that's insane. Stop. All right, enough so talk cool. about so them. Cool. They're listening because they're right there. Oh, yeah. Ryan and Jace, welcome to the show today. Thank you for making time for us. Thank you, Travis. Appreciate you having us. Um, Jace, how old are you right now, buddy? I am nine and a half. Nine and a half. Did you keep track of all the birds that you harvested this year? Because last year you did. Yes, I did. How many are you up to so far? I have 71 chucker, 20 huns, 29 quail, 17 ducks, 2 geese, 22 dove, and 2 sachems. You are unbelievable. My goodness. I... End the show right there. <laughs> Drop the mic. I don't even know what to say. Wow. Jace, how do you do it? I mean, where do we begin? Ryan, where do we begin with this story? Because your son is a hunter that most hunters wish that they could be someday. And he's nine and a half years old. How long has he been dominating up there in the mountains? Well, he's been doing a, a pretty dang good job of it since he was... I started... He started shooting at six he's been going with me and his sisters have been going with me since they were you know three four years old trying to get him out and experience it but uh man once he got a taste of this probably at around the age of seven especially he just started going crazy and it's it's not easy that the stuff we're doing out here you know we're we're doing a lot of trucker hunting obviously and the first couple years were rough you know if he went 100 yards without tripping two or three times or falling over himself it was it was a success for sure but uh <laughs> yeah we're i try to tell him it's it's not about the numbers but we actually keep keep daily logs on everything we're doing and where we're hunting and he keeps coming back to it now yeah, guess how many birds i've got i'm like <laughs> but it's uh does he outshoot you ryan uh yeah so this year especially it's been uh it's keeping me on my toes. I'll put it that way. He kind of, he'll drill me, you know, halfway through the day on the hill. How many birds you got, dad? And, you know, oh, I do too. I'm like, okay. He goes, I think I'm going to outshoot you today. And then it kind of gets in your head and you're thinking, <laughs> I don't, I don't know why I'm having this conversation with my son at nine years old that he's going to outshoot me. My goodness. <laughs> Where do you guys live? We need to establish that. We're out of Reno, Nevada. Okay. So you're so in kind of Northern Nevada. You're in prime chucker country out there. Yep. Yep. For sure. It's, uh, it's, it's been good. You know, we, we kind of chase everything to be very honest with you, but our main focus is chucker. We just, it's, it's a great state for chasing them. Uh, a lot, a lot of public land and we can kind of go any direction from the house and, and get after it. So it's been, it's been a blast and having him as, as addicted as he is to it. I mean, it's, it's, it's every weekend we get out a little bit during the week. I mean, we've been, we've been very blessed this year. I think the two of us together have spent almost 80 days in the field between everything that we're hunting and waterfowl and upland and big game. And it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Jace, do you have a favorite bird that you like to hunt for? If I, if I would have to say one, it would be probably chucker. Chucker. Why do you like hunting for chucker? Just the challenge that comes with it. And it's just rewarding when you finally get one. <laughs> How old were you when you got your first chucker? I was seven years old. Seven years old. Do you remember that hunt? Yes. How did it happen? What was it like when you got your first one? Well, I was missing a few. I had a 410 pump, 
So it was technically like a single shot. So I'd shoot once, run down to my dad. Dad would pump it. And finally, I just broke his words, bird's wing. And it hit and it took off running. We spent probably an hour looking for it. And we found it like two draws over in a piece of sagebrush. Really? Well, did your dogs find it? Oh, yes, we did. She pointed it and then took off running and I shot it again. Oh, my goodness. Were you ever scared the first time you pulled the trigger on a shotgun? A little bit. I was, I was, I didn't know what to expect when I would, what the pressure would be like. But after I did it a few times, I was fine. Hmm. Did you, uh, Ryan, what, which gun did you start Chase on when he first started shooting at the age of six? So he started uh, probably even earlier than that, just with, you know, with pellet guns and, and BB guns. And, and the very first uh, bigger gun, actually, I think he'd shot uh, 22s. And I had found a little youth Mossberg 410 pump, you know, as, as you've probably already experienced, the youth gun market is uh, not great. <laughs> but we found this, this gun and it, uh, honest to God, we shot it a few times. I took him out on opening day of our waterfowl season, um, close to home here. And his uncle was with us and carried him across the water on his shoulders. And, and we got set up in the morning. It was just the two of us where we were setting over some decoys. And so this was his first time technically shooting at birds. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we had a greenhead come in, come right down the channel and he, he couldn't see it. It was real low. And I just kept telling him, okay, buddy, get ready, get ready. There's a single duck coming. He's coming right towards the decoys. And, I can't see it. I can't see it. I'm like, just be patient. It, he's coming. He's coming. And that duck came in, came right in the decoys like they're supposed to. Yeah. And Jay shot one time and dumped him. That duck was belly up with his feet kicking. And I looked at him like, oh, my God, what just <laughs> I grabbed my phone. I, was, I wasn't expecting all that to happen. I just wanted to get a shot off. And <laughs> that was his first first uh, trigger pull at a, at a live bird. Wow. And from there, uh, it was game on. And, and he didn't even react to the kick at that point. And then from there on, you know, we just uh, started improving and, and shooting. And, and do, he tried chucker out too at that age. And he got a couple shots off and tried to find some quail. But it's amazing, um, you know, just, just getting them out as much as we were able to early. Mm -hmm watching that progress. And, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's awesome to watch him to this point, learn how to do things and work his dog and everything that comes with it, you know, and, and handle a little bit bigger gun and, uh, and just really, I mean, absolutely has fallen in love with it. Wow. That is incredible. I mean, I can tell just from, you know, the conversations we've had in the past too, just how much he truly enjoys it. Do your, you said you have daughters. Do they also come with you? Yep. And they're, they're definitely more of a, uh, fair weather, okay. <laughs> which is great. I mean, yeah. I love it. October, early November, they love getting out with us. Um, my oldest daughter, she's 14 and she got her first deer this year and she's had multiple shots at Chucker has yet to put one in the bag yet. Um, and my middle child, my daughter, she, she loves just going out. She loves watching the dogs work. She loves hiking. And the only thing she has any interest on shooting right now are squirrels okay. and we've got squirrels now 
fields up here in the springtime and she loves that she calls them rats so she doesn't feel bad by shooting them <laughs> but it it's funny watching how different they all are really it's but we go out a lot as a family early um early in the season and and uh, once it gets real cold they don't they don't like or enjoy going out as much they've been waterfowl hunting with us quite a bit um but uh but yeah no it's 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 a great mix for sure but uh i wouldn't change it for anything at what point did you feel like jace was ready for this hunt like he's obviously you wouldn't be able to go without him at this point but there had to be a time when you thought all right we're gonna take him out and what was uh what was the point that you realized that well and you know i've got to say that the one thing that i think has helped and i've had some friends ask me the same questions is i was able to do a whole lot of hunting from the time i was tiny until we had children and so I got to experience a lot of stuff. And at that point, all you really want once you've done it is to teach your kids and have them enjoy it and really want to hopefully love doing it. So I started off real slow with Jace and he never, I mean, never once really complained about stuff. We didn't obviously go crazy into the steep hills. We'd pick and choose where I could take a short walks and then go back to the truck and grab something to eat, maybe take a drive down the road and do it again. Um, and I just, he never once complained. And I think from the beginning, we just took it real slow and made, you know, made good weekends out of it, went camping, just kind of a, a full circle on, on how we were trying to introduce him to stuff. And I, it wasn't, it wasn't long before I knew, you know, we're, we're getting back to the truck and he's asking, do you think there's any birds over on that hill? Do you think we can go over there? I'm, okay. <laughs> Love it. I think we're good. Oh my goodness. Well, it's it's cool that you can read your kids. I mean, that I think that's important. Um, you know, there's every child that experiences hunting absorbs it at their own pace. And I've been watching yep. it, so I have my kids as well. And they've been coming with me since they were about three years old. That's kind of when I started bringing them out hunting. Took them turkey hunting for the first time. Then um, we went goose hunting, and we made the experiences fun. Uh, brought donuts yep. each time. Brought you know a lot of snacks. Made them short trips, and then kind of read the situation. You got to read the room with them. <clears throat> When's a good time yep. to pull the plug on it? You know. And now my oldest, <clears throat> who's eight, he's he doesn't have stats like Jace, um, but he, yes. sh- he shot his first rough grouse this year. He shot. His first ducks, geese, doves. Um, we did not That's get a awesome. we did not get a pheasant yet, or he did not get a pheasant yet. Um, but he was out there. He was a part of it, and he wants more and more and more. And he has this drive to keep going. I think he would he would be climbing the mountains up there if I brought him out and the four of us went together. Now my other son, you bet. he's. He loves to be out there, but he loves different parts of the hunt. He loves the camaraderie part of it. He's not as intrigued yet about pulling the trigger. And I did make a mistake that I think is an important one to talk about. We started with the Pelicans, and then we went up to the 22s, and then I, I also got a youth model 20-gauge shotgun. Uh, it had a short enough stock that their little tiny arms could hold it in the place that it needed to. My... My oldest, Weston, 
he would shoot boxes and boxes and boxes of shells. And every time he shoots, he's like, can I shoot again? Can I shoot again? Now, I wanted to slowly get my son Cash into this same situation. But when we had the target out, I was sitting next to him, holding that gun super tight against his shoulder. So when it pulled, the kick didn't hurt. It wasn't going to kick and hit his arm. The first shot, he was like, whoa, you know, and had a big smile on his face. The second time he pulled the trigger, I wasn't, I, I gave him a little bit more space to do it on his own. And at the last second, he kind of adjusted his arm and the gun wasn't as tight up against it. So when he pulled the trigger, that shotgun, the the recoil of it, it kind of punched him and that scared him. And instantly that changed everything. He started to cry. Tears started to come down his cheeks and he did not want to shoot again. And I knew right then and there, I was like, oh no, oh no, oh no. Because I knew I had to leave him wanting more. I don't want the last memory in his mind to be a painful one that he never wants to do this again. And to this day, he still does not want to shoot that gun again. And that was over a year ago. And I'm totally bummed by that. Totally bummed by that. Because it's so important that you try to create these um, good experiences, leave them wanting more. But it's it's one of those, like, there's so many moving factors. A little bit here and there can really change an entire, hopefully this isn't something that stays with them much longer. But at this point, you know, that little mistake is, is hanging with us. So, um, yeah. And it's, and it's tough. I mean, especially when they're young, you know, you just, you, you we're all going to make mistakes and, and you just hope that at some point he says, Hey dad, you know what? I want to try that again. Or sees his brother doing it and realized forgets, forgets what it was like. You know, it's, I noticed trying to get the kids, especially with shotguns to practice as you and I both know, that's, that's a way different adrenaline than it is when you're actually shooting at a bird and not even noticing the gun, yep. you know? Yep. And, it, and it's tough. And I even saw Jace, you know, shooting clay pigeons, you know, he, he'd kind of pull up like he was expecting that gun to kind of the recoil to go off and hurt or, you know, like just startle him. Like he'd, he'd almost pull the gun up, but then we'd go out shooting birds and it was not an issue. So yeah, it's, and that's one thing, you know, it's just every, every child is so different and you never know. Um, the next day, you know, he might come out and totally want to do something different. <laughs> it's right. my, my oldest daughter, her biggest thing. And, and, you know, like you said, with your, with your boys, Jace just loves being out and, you know, whoever's with us, we have a great time. My oldest daughter, she would prefer it to be her and I, which I get, you know, Jace and I get all this time together. And if it's us as a family out early in the season, she's always asking, can you and I go for a walk? And then it's like, okay, hold on one second. Let me go tell Jace that he's not coming and deal with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, divide and conquer, but they all, I mean, it's, that's just, that's her personality. She, she would rather it be her and I and the dogs and take a, take a walk and, and you just have to cater to everything best you can. Well, right. And, and the thing that I've learned about this too, is you don't know when things are going to click or change in kids' minds and when they're going to want to do something. Um, you know, like I thought for a while that, my oldest was never going to want to go hunting or fishing with me because when we would go, he was not interested in the hunt. He was interested in the snacks. He was interested in all the other parts of the hunt, except for the hunt itself. And when we'd go fishing, 
He'd make a cast or two, catch a fish. I'd be like, okay, I'd take him to the best spot. I knew there was a school of big fish, and every cast you're going to get a bite pretty much. And and then now that I've learned through this a little bit, that that might not always be the the best thing for a child uh, in wanting to uh, do this. And here's why I, ex- I I'll explain. Um, a couple weeks ago, I was having a conversation with an outdoor uh, TV and podcast host in North Dakota named Jason Mitchell. Jason has been a fishing guide his whole life. Now he has a TV show and all these other hunting shows and everything. He's always out in the field hunting, fishing. His son doesn't like to fish, he said. And we talked through this, and he, and he explained that his son likes to trap. And Jason's like, well, I, I you know, would take him fishing, and I would basically almost put a fish on the end of the line for him. I took him to the best spots, and when he dropped a line down, he was instantly hooked up. Um, and he was always catching fish. And I was amazed that th- that didn't do it for him. He didn't and doesn't yeah. enjoy it the same way. Now, trapping, he loves. And Jason goes, I don't know anything about trapping. He had to figure that all out on his own. And that is probably why he loves it so much. He had to experience the failures. He had to work through it. And then the success, like, he was, like, proud, you know. And so yep. by by basically handing his son the fish, he didn't have interest in it. Now, I look back to some of my experiences, and I'm like, holy cow, I did the exact same thing. I took him to the best spots. Every time he dropped his line down, there was a fish there. I didn't go take him hunting unless it was perfect conditions, and he got to hear the turkeys. He got to see the geese. He got to see the ducks. We flush pheasants. I, I, you know, I'm like, at some point, for your kids to really enjoy this, I think it's important for them to fail on their yeah. own yeah. and learn. Have you seen that at all, Ryan, with Jace or with your other kids? Well, I'll tell you, that, that same exact scenario uh, not necessarily haunted me, but I was so – I wanted – at least one of them, you know, mm-hmm. to be into the stuff that, that I really am passionate about. But I've had so many similar situations with friends where they just don't like doing the same things that their parents do. And I didn't want to push it too hard. Yep. Um, and that's the thing, like with my daughters, I don't, I don't push it. You know, we go out when it's nice, we go have a good time. We make a weekend out of it leaves them kind of asking a lot of questions, wanting more for next year, talking about next, you know, next year's hunts with Jace. It really, it just happened to, it, it all fell into place. But my biggest concern with the chucker hunting, especially is how hard and difficult and how much walking there tends to be compared to a lot of other stuff in other States that we can be doing. And I pushed him pretty dang hard, you know, at seven, eight years old, but I, it wasn't, it wasn't like he didn't want to do it. So it was always kind of like, well, what do you think, buddy? You want to head back towards the truck or do you want to go see what's on this side? And no, I want to keep going. (laughs) And it wasn't for me, you know, I I wanted to make sure that wasn't the thing too. Like, you're not going to disappoint me by saying we want to go back. We've been hiking for a couple hours, you know, what do you feel like doing? So I think, I mean, I, I got very lucky, but at the same time, I think one other cool thing that really happened with him is the dogs. And we got, we've got a couple young dogs and, uh, the one dog we got as a pup, she's about 18 months old now, and they're just best buddies. Mm-hmm. And I think that that 
really drives him right now in the field. Just she she does everything for him. I mean, she'll she'll look at me on point, and then she turns around to see where Jace is and waits for him to get there. That it's, is so it's cool. Bond. Jace, what kind of dogs do you have, and which one is yours? Um, so we have a poodle corner that Dad's just talking about. We have a lab a Jack Russell. An English pointer. An English pointer and a German shorter. <laughs> Holy cow, there's a whole bunch of you guys. You when you go hunting, Jace, do you um do you pick which dogs you're gonna hunt with? Um, I usually choose Josie, the poodle pointer. Or I usually just like hunting with Josie, but if we have to, which we have to, I Chief is awesome. He's so intense when he goes on point, but if I would have to pick one to hunt with, it'd probably be Josie. Really? How do they like to hunt? Are they different in the way that they hunt, or do they all do it the same way? Um, well, they're kind of all different. Josie kind of hunts like ranges out to 100. Chief goes to 200 maybe, but my dad likes close dogs, so Chief probably goes 200. So we have like a dog working close and a far-range dog. Gotcha pretty cool when they're on point does your heart start to beat really fast when you're walking up there or do you play it pretty cool now that you've gotten so many shots well, on birds i always i always get it like okay where are the birds gonna be when the dog goes in point if, if i see the birds before they flush i'll miss <laughs> why is that well i don't know like if i see them like Okay, when they get up, I'm just going to nail my sheep three times, and they're still flying. Oh, my goodness. He's good at them, uh, the hard pass shots or the, you know, that third shell out of the barrel. And I look at them sometimes like, what's the deal on the first couple? <laughs> <laughs> Is it easy for, well, do you have an automatic or do you have a pump shotgun? I started off with a 410 pump. I went to my dad's first 20 pump, and then my dad's like, it's time my dad's like, it's time. We're going to get you a mon. I got a Monofotro automatic Benelli. Nice. That's a good shotgun. That is a sweet gun. I hope you've bagged a few pheasants, grouse, and quail this season. Maybe even a few ducks, geese, and deer too. Whatever you're hunting for, Waltons can help you finish the hunting process, bringing your wild game full circle. Whether you need to mix, grind, or stuff, Waltons will surely have your new favorite pieces of meat processing equipment. Don't spoil your hard work in the field by letting that meat get freezer burned. Save right now on vacuum sealers and bags. Bag up your birds, your jerky, snack sticks, and summer sausage, and have your meat last all year for long-term storage. Find everything, and I mean everything, you need to process and prepare your meat at Waltons.com. And while you're there, sign up for their free monthly giveaways and check out what John Tremblay and the Waltons team is working on in their meatgistics community. Waltons. They have everything but the meat. I love my dog, and like you, I always want to make sure that she has what she needs to stay healthy year-round and perform at her best in the field. That's why I feed Daisy Nutrisource high-performance dog food. Nutrisource dog food comes with their good-for-life system that includes four key ingredients that work together to support gut health, heart health, and the overall well-being of our dogs. I have complete confidence that my dog has all of the nutrition to excel in the field and make it through a rigorous hunting season. I've seen it firsthand, and she loves her food. 
Take it from me and my dog, Daisy. Nutrisource high-performance dog food can help your dog reach their full potential. Find the food that's right for your dog at NutrisourcePetFoods.com. If you're an outdoor lover on the go, then odds are good that you have toys and equipment that you want to haul. Aluma Trailers, well, they've got you covered. Their trailers are built by a hardworking team in Bancroft, Iowa. They have models for nearly any and every hauling need, from ATV and UTV trailers to utility, snowmobile, motorcycle, car trailers, and even fully enclosed trailers like mine. Trust me when I say that Aluma Trailers tow like a dream. Their trailers are constructed out of lightweight, strong, corrosion-resistant aluminum, and they are 100% maintenance-free. Plus, they come with an industry-best five-year warranty. Visit alumaklm.com to find a trailer that fits your needs. Ryan, so the first time I took my, my son in the grouse woods on a real grouse hunt, I, I had him bring the shotgun with, and my nephew was with as well, um, but I didn't have them load the gun. And the reason I did that was because I wanted them to practice walking through that cover, carrying the gun. And I also didn't want there to be any shells in it because of obvious safety reasons. I wanted to really make sure that if they were to see the birds get up, to shoulder the gun and anticipate what that would be like in a real situation before taking the shot. I don't know that that was exactly the right thing to do, but I felt like that was the right thing to do. Because when the time comes for them to take that shot, there's, you know, a bird moving through that cover so fast and other people and dog or dogs in the, in the woods. I just want to make sure that the shot is 100% safe. So that's why I went that route. At what point did you feel comfortable with Jace up there taking the gun and um, having multiple shells in there? and basically just being another one of the guys. Well, it was probably last year, which would have been, you know, a good second season into it. Um, when we started, like like we talked about with the pump, uh, obviously only gave him one shell. I would hold the gun a lot when he was six and seven just because of the issues trying to hike and climb and falling. And, and so when the dogs would get birdie or go on point, I would then hand it to him. But the nice thing about that is, you know, I'd be right there with him and be talking to him the whole time. When he got the shot off, I knew he couldn't even pump it anyway, um, which which at that point, we, we probably played that game for obviously all through six and seven. And uh, that's part of those sacrifices, you know, we talk about. I, I just ended up that whole that whole season when he was seven, especially chucker hunting and doing everything we're doing, I would pretty much carry his gun a lot of the time through the rocks up and down some of the nasty stuff. So I'm carrying two guns, which means I can't shoot. (laughs) (laughs) And then he would get one shot off, which I was most concerned about. Then he'd bring me the gun because, you know, it was hard to cycle and hard to pump. But once I started seeing him being able to get more strength, you know, pump that shotgun, uh, throw another shell in and load it, uh, we we did that for a while. And once I felt like he deserved a gun that could cycle um, better and smoother, that's when we made the change to the, to the Montefeltro, which which was awesome. And and even then, I gave him one shell the first several times we went out. I said, this doesn't mean you can just start cycling through shells. Right. Safety first, obviously, on everything. And it just, it just evolves into the point where then you're getting into cubby flushes and 
he's got one shell and then birds keep getting up and getting up. And he's looking at me like that. <laughs> so uh, two shells and three shells. And even then it was even hard for him to, to load, you know, a nice new stiff gun. He's trying to load those shells up in there and I'm running over to help him. But it was definitely an evolution there of, of starting off slow and, and earning what you now get, you know, and, and, and really watching the biggest thing with him is I would just stand behind him a lot of times when he would shoot and I'd be watching the dog. I'd watch what he'd do afterwards. And it didn't take long, honestly. I mean, you get in a routine, you get in a, in a groove and he was, the safety was always, was always good. And that's what he got rewarded with, you know, pretty quick. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I feel like gun safety has been drilled into my children since they were old enough to carry a stick that looked like a gun, you know, yep, and they took the yep. plastic, gun with when we went out to the turkey blind and the goose blind and you know i treated that as if it was a loaded shotgun loaded 12 gauge shotgun you know so they they are some of the most safety safe gun handlers that i have ever walked in a field with which i'm proud about and therefore then i you know like it's it's everything it's so important for them to be thinking about that, aware of that. I know a lot of adults that treated that gun way too carelessly out there and makes me uncomfortable. I'm so far, I've never been uncomfortable with my own children out there because I make that a priority. And when I feel like they're ready for it, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think yeah. that, you know, they've earned that. I, one thing that I, I do like to hear you say is that you kept just one shell in there and it makes them think that every shot is so important you know it's yep. like you said they're not just you know yep. shooting at the birds at it yeah. will and you know it's funny we go back to that and we've done it a couple times this season you know if you're having a bad day or you're not shooting great i just i'll repeat to them i mean and it's it's both of us i go hey buddy next time we get on on a covey you pretend like you have one shell in there take your time fire that shell and kill a bird and get it over with, get it out of your head. You know, you, you're emptying your gun or you're shooting twice and it, we you get into a pattern of bang, 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 bang. And I said, just pretend like you have one shell in that gun and make it count. And all of a sudden things turn around for him. How did so you know it, how to do that? Did, did, were you raised this way, Ryan? I was, you know, and it's, I've been absolutely addicted to hunting. I, my dad took me out for the first time when I was seven and, uh, I, my first shot was with a pump 20. He set me up to, uh, jump shoot a little, a little pond on a duck club that we used to hunt. And, uh, a bunch of teal got up and I fired once and two teal went down. And from there on out, I was every weekend asking him, where are we going? What can we do? Are we going to go somewhere this weekend? What's next? And I just, I've loved it. And that's why I wanted it so badly. And, um, uh, you know, just to see how my kids reacted to it. And, and I think I've got one that's uh, worse than I was. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like it, my goodness. So did, did, has he outshot you then this year based on his stats? I, I don't know. It'd, it'd be tough to top that. He's had a couple days where he has outshot me, uh, especially on Chucker. He's gotten a bird more than me a couple times. Wow. And, uh, he shot the cool thing. And I think a lot of States are doing it now, but Nevada does a youth season before and we really try to capitalize you know it, it's hot but it gives the kids a good chance at at getting into a lot of birds before everybody starts hunting them and he had a couple limits of quail uh, limit last year of valley quail and limit this year of valley quail and 
limit of huns this year early i'm like god dang it's it's uh it's pretty awesome to watch it really is that is so cool i every time i see jace's uh photos that he shares jace what is the name of your instagram page that you share all this on it is outdoor jace gotcha you do a good job of sharing your experiences it's really cool to see you do that you where did you all get to go hunting this year and which bird species um did you find to be the most challenging? Was it was it still chucker or was it one of the other species of birds? Probably the toughest bird we've hunted that I haven't got that we hunted for is probably mountain quail. Okay. Why are they so challenging? They run and they're so fast. I Our dog went on point. I walked up and this one got up and I shot and I exploded the tree. <laughs> It's like grouse hunting up here in Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. And I, you're on the side of a mountain is the only difference. Yeah, exactly. And I, I we got to do that. I would love to take him to do that. That would be uh, – we've got a few a few rough grouse here, but uh, nothing like what you guys get to experience too. Did you, did you hunt for – oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I we went down to – we did five states this year, and uh, I think – We've chased 11 different upland species, and I think he's gotten 10 of them uh, just this year alone. But we, we, I took him down to Arizona uh, hunting Mern's quail, which I've been doing for a lot, lot of years, 15 years plus. His sister went down with me when she was little, and she didn't, she didn't hunt, but she got to experience that, which, which I know you've done too. is just amazing. And no joke, it's about a 14-hour drive for us. We get down there, park the truck in the afternoon for a quick quick hunt that first day we get there and we weren't out of the truck 200 yards dog goes on point and i filmed it i think he might have posted it but second shot got a merns quail i'm like you've got to be kidding wow <laughs> yeah wow. whole cup exploded all around and went about 180 degrees and missed the first one got the second one so that was that was a pretty good challenge for him too i Pretty sure I saw that video. That was pretty cool. In your years of, of hunting in Arizona for Mern's quail, how would you rate this season? Oh, it was amazing. It really was. I, uh, it's been, other than probably the first or second year we went down, I haven't seen uh, that many birds, that many different coveys uh, in a long time. It was great. You know, I know it got real busy down there later in the season, but it, it, was, it was awesome, and I was glad to be able to take him and show them that and have a couple of the young dogs that just got point after point after point in, in that gorgeous country. I mean, it was, it was a lot of fun for sure. You've got quite a mixed bag of dog breeds. What's up with that? Why, why so many different kinds? You know, <laughs> it's kind of just evolved over the years. My first dog was a yellow lab and he was kind of one of those, uh, once in a lifetime dogs when I was, I was probably 18 when I got him and just hunted my butt off and, he hunted everything with me. I mean, we, we shot everything that we could hunt in every state we could drive to. And he was one of those dogs. It was just your best buddy. And he'd do it, you know, over and over again, didn't matter what you were hunting. So after him, I got another yellow lab. And then with that dog, I kind of went into the pointing breeds. So I'd never had a favorite, you know, I, I've gone through German short hairs and now we've got the English pointer and the poodle pointer and I just love, they're all so different. Um, 
I do have to say, I got a place in my heart for this new poodle pointer, man. She's a, she's just an awesome, awesome dog. She's one of those dogs that looks at you and does everything for you, you know, very sensitive, but, um, she, she's just, and she can go, she can go, you know, a good three days in a row, chucker hunting. And, but, uh, yeah, kind of a wide, wide variety. Uh, the Jack Russell is thrown in there because when my wife and I first met, she had one. So that's kind of our token, probably always going to have one, but I did hunt that old Jack Russell, her first dog. That dog was amazing at quail and chucker. <laughs> really? How would yeah. that dog hunt? Uh, she would flush, but I'd take her back down to Arizona and do stuff in the cactus. And that dog would just dominate. I mean, she was awesome. She'd run in amongst all the point dogs and even my lab and she'd get in there in the cactus on wounded birds and get them out there, come out full of thorns in her snout. (laughs) This one we have now, not so much. She doesn't have that same prey drive, but, uh, did she stay close? Yeah. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. Um, as long as she'd listen, she looks pretty funny with a big, big uh, GPS collar on her, but (laughs) (laughs) I bet. I bet. (laughs) Well, what does your wife think of this, these hunting trips that you and Jace go on and, and his just unbelievable passion to hunt? You know, I think, uh, I couldn't ask for more. She's, she's a saint. Uh, we are gone all the time and every weekend and she loves it. I mean, she's usually just where are you guys going to go this weekend? What's your plan? She already knows. Mm-hmm. Um, again, like they, we get to spend a lot of time together early. She knows once it gets kind of nasty out, she doesn't want to go, but she never box at anything. And she absolutely loves it. It's been a pretty good, um, what should I say? A pretty good weapon to use against Jace too, because, uh, they're home. We've, we've homeschooled our kids during the pandemic. My wife is a teacher by trade. And so she's got Jace right where she needs him during the week with, if he doesn't get his stuff done and his school done, then he doesn't get to go anywhere. It's, it works really well. My dad, yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he knew how much I wanted to go hunting and fishing growing up. So I had to get a hundred percent on my spelling tests yep. every week. We had weekly tests and if I didn't, then I couldn't go fishing that weekend or I couldn't go hunting that weekend. So he dangled that, and it was the, all the motivation I need to do really well. And obviously, um, it didn't scare me away from hunting, which, you know, some people just have that burning desire to be out there. Jace obviously has that, too. Jace, if there's a parent listening right now that likes to hunt, that has kids, what, do you te- what would you like to tell them right now about taking their kids hunting? Um... Honestly, what do you think? What do you think? Honestly, I I say take them out and just see what happens. If they don't, if they're like not sure about it, just kind of ease into it. If they're like pumped up, like maybe be like, "Oh yeah, you got that bird" or something. Just like see if they you can get them into it. Yeah, that's really good advice for sure. Has there ever been a point where it was too hard for you to hunt, or did you? like it when it was difficult oh snowcock snowcock was probably the roughest hunt i've been on i was ready to quit (laughs) did you quit though we got up we got the bird and i my dad my dad's like do you want to get one i'm like no we're walking off this mountain (laughs) got what you wanted we're going home (laughs) yeah that was that was probably a little much 
but that goes back to your uh, your comment about the the burning desire. So, uh-huh. in attempting to to shoot a snowcock several times here in Nevada, awesome, awesome bird and insane country. And uh, I'd taken a little hiatus from trying it for a few years. And I was that last year, I guess. Yeah. Last year we did it. Oh and- my goodness! Did I miss Ryan? Did I miss this earlier that you mentioned snowcock? Because that in itself is an accomplishment that most hunters will never experience. No, I, yeah, it's, I I appreciate that. And it's, I can vouch for that for sure. It's, uh, I think this was my fourth attempt. And I mean, I would see birds every trip. I did it two or three times, two or three years in a row, probably about a decade ago. And then, uh, I tried, I tried it about four years ago and it it was, it was to the point where it's, it's not like you're ever, not seeing the birds so it would just it was frustrating you know you either can't get to them or it's going to be a day before you can get over there and get off this mountain to get where they are and i decided okay i'm not getting any younger i'm doing it again so when i started talking about it jace is like you know can i go can i go and immediately i'm like but this is not you're not there yet trust me it's you will do this i promise if this is something you want to do and you get a little bigger well it became a he was just heartbroken you know what i mean so yeah. it, it, you see that and you're like okay I'll tell you what, let me talk to your mom and I think I can change where I'm going to hunt and maybe we turn it more into a blue grouse trip. And if I'm lucky enough to see something that we can get to, we'll do that instead. And he must've been my lucky charm, man. We, the very, we, we hiked into this lake. Of course it's early in the season. So you're, you're in the worst shape. You know, you haven't been hunting much. (laughs) We backpack into this lake, um, both carrying packs and, everything we've got on our backs and we finally get up to where we're going to spike out and already exhausted get up the next day and hunted all day long. And, uh, we ended up finding one lone bird that if there were multiple birds there, I think he honestly would add his first bird. It, 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 It was so picture perfect the way it worked out. This bird ran up to a chute that was just a sheer cliff on the other side. And Jason and I split the chute and the bird got up, you know, just like a, a flush and chucker and I shot and got it and I holler at him. He and I can't see each other. I said, be ready for another one thinking, Oh my God, this is going to be amazing. And the bird was, it was a lone bird, but I got it. And I didn't really know what to say or do. I was just sitting there kind of waiting for more birds. And Jace comes running over. He goes, you got it. I go, yeah, I got it. (laughs) Why aren't you excited? I go, I don't know what just happened. (laughs) Oh my goodness. then for the next hour and a half, he was, I mean, intent on, I'm going to find a snowcock and shoot it. I'm like, if you get a snowcock at this age on the first day, it's over. Like, you got to be kidding me. Well, we didn't see any more birds on that day. Hiked back to our spike camp. And I mean, you talk about cooked. And a storm came through and it. we were up all night long. And uh, the next morning I said, well, buddy, what do you think? And we didn't sleep. And I go, you want to try it again? I mean, everything is straight vertical. And he goes, nope, let's go. So as we're walking out, we start getting into blue grouse and he got his first blue grouse and multiple opportunities. So it was, it was a very rewarding trip, but oh man, were we tired. It was, was, I got a picture of us. We got back to the truck and emptied out the cooler uh, that we had in the pickup and stuck both our feet in the ice chest just because they were so swollen and exhausted. <laughs> Jace, and you're, more, you're more hardcore than a lot of the guys that I hunt with. Yeah. <laughs> and 
now back up to the story. It was like, how hard do you think that wind was blowing? Oh, it was, I don't know. It was a 50, 60 mile an hour wind all night. So the door was by my feet. We have everything in our tent and the door is by my head. Yeah. The thing broke and we're walking out and there's this guy in a hammock. And it's upside down. Like we're like, I wonder how that guy slept. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Not much worse than we did. <laughs> now, Jace, I want you to think about your favorite hunting story, okay? And Ryan, I'm going to ask you the same question first. Ryan, do you have? Maybe that was it. Maybe it was a snowcock. But do you have a favorite hunting moment with Jace that you can tell us a story about? Well, I'll tell you. The first, there's probably two. The first two that come to mind would be. Um, his first chucker and sage hen was on the same day in uh, early September. So there was a youth chucker hunt, but sage hen was also open. And that was, for me, that was an amazing accomplishment for him. And he was seven at that point. I just, I can remember everything about that day, everything about helping him with the gun, shooting, loading shells, shooting at sage hen, attempting to shoot at these chucker that are peeling off the cliff. Uh, that day was was pretty dang remarkable i mean we have a lot of days in the field together but i will never forget that weekend and that day um and the second one that comes to mind was uh waterfowl hunting last year the very it was a youth hunting again and we were up in the middle of nowhere and uh there were quite a few kids hunting the first day and jace had an awesome day and got to meet his first federal game warden and you know he got to experience a lot of cool stuff and we were hunting out of a canoe with our old lab and the next day we went out and there's not a single person on the marsh. There's no kids left anywhere. And, um, he ends up, it's, it's dead quiet, real nice weather, calm. He has a single hand sprig come right into the decoys and shoots it. And it was banded. Oh, cool. I go, dude, this is just, you can't ask for much more than this. We're out here all by ourselves. You got your first band at eight years old and damn near landed in the canoe. My goodness. Jace, what is, are, are those your favorite stories or do you have a favorite hunting story that you want to share? Probably my favorite one. My dad just said that band was, I dropped down to my knees. I don't even know where my gun was. I was just bawling. <laughs> um, the dog was sitting there with me and I was just bawling, crying. I was so happy that I just finally got that band. Wow. Some people wait their whole life for that. And you waited seven years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've already experienced and more in your hunting career than 95% of the hunting population in this country ever will. Yeah, no kidding. I, I agree with that. It's, uh, but it's awesome. It, the opportunities are out there. Mm -hmm. Got to go get them. And I'll back up the store to when I shot the ducks the first day. So I got six. I think I've, I've got a pintail, a few spoonies, I think a mallard or two. And I have six ducks, so I just need one more. I walk up, and we see in the game warden. And he's like, oh, how many ducks you got? I'm like, oh, I got six. And he's like, oh, that's cool. Wait, what? He's like, I've checked like 20 people, and there isn't six ducks between any of them. There's one cute. <laughs> You're amazing, Jace. Holy cow. Yeah, and then we drove back on the truck, and my dad's like, let's go see if there's a duck down by this, like, fishing dock. We walk up there, and a single mallard gets up, and I shot it. Finishes limit. 
Have you ever missed a shot, Jace? Because it doesn't sound like you have. Oh, <laughs> uh, um, so the boss ammo that I have. Yeah. Um, I've I've had two cases, two hundred shells in them. I've already gone through two of them. <laughs> yeah. If, if anybody would like to uh, do like a, a GoFundMe on ammunition, that would be great. <laughs> yeah, I told him. I said, pretty soon, bud, and it might start this summer. You're going to be getting a job. <laughs> Right. Yeah. No kidding. Ammo bill. <laughs> yeah, that's where my, that's where I'm at with my boys. I've got yeah. my oldest. He's mowing lawns right now, and I tell you, there's something pretty cool about watching him earn that money and then go buy the things that he wants to get. And he's already looking at some upgrades and some of his uh, outdoor gear as well, which is pretty cool. Jace, I think you should come to Minnesota and go hunt with me and my son up in the Northwoods for grouse. I think. We need to put those birds on your bucket list. Yeah. The only grouse that I've shot and seen is that blue grouse. And that would be awesome, yeah. Do you have a bird, Jace, that you like to eat the most? Probably my favorite to eat is Huns. Huns. What kind of recipes do you like to eat? Well, my mom puts them in an air fryer and cooks them. And then she puts them in breadcrumbs. Ooh, that sounds it is good. so good. Dang. Ryan, um, if somebody listening right now has kids or they think that, you know, maybe they've waited too long to take them with or the kids are really young or maybe it's a nephew or grandson or whatever it might be, is there any advice that you can share to them that you've learned along the way in, in your journey that might help them? You know, Travis, honestly, I think, you know, there's the best thing you can do is not second guess it and make an attempt at it. Take them out, pick something that you think would be something they would enjoy, no matter what it is outdoors and, and at least give it a shot and give it a shot to a point to where if you can tell that they're starting to get bored or sidetracked or don't want to be there you change it up and you go do something else, you know, and not make it to where it's a, it's a miserable experience for any of them. I don't think there's anybody that would ever be too old. And I think, you know, as far as the older kids go and teenagers, they've got so much other stuff going on and so many different options. I think if you could peel them away and like we talked about earlier, whether that means if they're not into it, uh, do you want to bring a friend with you and go attempt to do something? What, kind of cater to whatever you think might work, but don't give up on it and, you know, keep up at it and sacrifice yourself a little bit. And maybe, you know, if we're talking about the hunting end of it, maybe you don't even take a gun and you just strictly help them. I mean, that's, I, I think that that's one thing that really helped with Jace is I just did everything to try and get him to be successful and enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And it's paid off, you know, instead of the, don't make it a competition thing. You know, when he was, when he was young, if he'd shoot and I'd shoot at the same time, did I get that? Absolutely. You got it. You know, nice shot. It's, there's a lot of that reinforcement to where if they're not defeated, then pretty soon they're really getting good at whatever they're doing. Now, with that being said, um, this year with Jace, I told him it's, it's game on. You've had enough time. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's the thing. You get to a certain point where your investment uh, or sacrifices in your own personal hunting um, enjoyment or whatever it might be, you know, like 
you with a dog taking the bird, you know, like you're now sacrificing that a little bit because you want to kind of let your son experience that and you're helping put him in that position. It won't be like that for long. It's just a short-term investment. And I can see that as well on my end too. I mean, all these steps, which I find just as much satisfaction, probably more, if I'm being honest, it's more enjoyable for me to to live it through their eyes, young kids. Yep. Um, yep. And then their success and their their high fives and they're literally hugging this bird, you know, like yeah. it's yeah. it's so incredible to see that. So yeah, I like that more for sure than if I were pulling the trigger and putting that bird in my vest. But that is such a short window too. And somebody wrote in, you know, last year when we were talking about raising kids in the outdoors, and they they reminded me that. This is a season, too, because there might become a point in your kids' lives where they want to go do this with their friends only, and now you're back to hunting without them again for a little bit. So yep. enjoy this season that you're in with them. Um, man, you, you, Ryan and Jace, you guys are impressive. I will say you're just thoroughly – I'm thoroughly impressed with your skills, your stamina, your drive. Jace – What's next on your list, buddy? What do you have that you haven't done that you want to do? Um, honestly, I really want to kill um ptarmigan, but I don't want to go hunting for them. How steep it is! <laughs> well, you've already <laughs> been snowcock hunting. That's that's even more extreme than ptarmigan hunting. Yeah, I want to go ptarmigan hunt. I want to get a ptarmigan. A mountain quail and some grouse. That's my three that I want before I turn eleven. Before I turn eleven. Oh my <laughs> goodness! I let that sink in, Brandon. Let that sink in just a little bit. It's it's sunk in plenty. <laughs> the weight's there. <laughs> it's amazing. Are you? Uh, go ahead. No, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, are you two coming back to Pheasant Fest this year? You know, we went back and forth on it. Right now, we are not. I, I, I'm torn. It's, it's a little bit, obviously, quite a bit further for us to go. Mm -hmm. um, I want to be there. If I could push a button and just be there, it would be great. Uh, the unfortunate thing is, my wife and daughters are, my daughters are dancers, and they got a competition that weekend, and so I've got all the dogs to deal with, and we don't have anybody to watch all the dogs either. So, yeah. well, <laughs> hey, they're. Their dancing is uh, just as important to be at as hunting up yep. there on the mountain sometimes too. So it's that balance, and I'm I'm happy to hear that you're going to be home with your family because that's just as important in the in the big picture. So yep, absolutely, well, absolutely, gentlemen, Jace, I um, I'm going to stay in touch with you. I cannot yeah. wait until you accomplish those goals. At some point, we're going to hunt together. Would that be okay? That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for the day. And I am going to do my best to outshoot you. I don't know if it'll happen, but I'm not going to take it easy on you. <laughs> yeah, <Okay>. please don't. <laughs> now, that'd be fun, Travis. If we could figure something out, that would be awesome. Love oh. to have you. Love to get caught up with you somewhere. That'd be fun. Yeah, for sure. I know we talked about this, but I think there's so much value to seeing someone so young accomplishing so much out there. And, and sharing that story. So thank you guys for sharing your story with us today. Um, keep up the great work, Dad. Jace, keep up the great shooting. And uh, we'll definitely have to check in with you again next season to find out if you knock those other three bird species off your list. All right, buddy? Okay. All right. Brandon? Having us. 
Oh, thank you guys. Uh, enjoy the, the last couple days of your hunting season. I have no doubt that you'll find a way to get back out and add to that impressive total. You bet we will for sure. Brandon, we'll be back next week with another episode of the Flush Podcast. So thank you all for tuning in this week. If you have any guests that you want us to talk to, any topics that you want us to cover, I have a few saved in my list from, from people that sent in some ideas. We're going to get to those the off-season here. It doesn't have to be much of an off-season. We can still talk through it. We can learn. We can train. We can really get ourselves pumped back up because before we know it, we're going to be following dogs again in the field. All right, we'll be back next week with another episode of the Flush Podcast. 